Will Hunting is wicked smart. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Wicked smart. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, this is spoilers. I'm your host tonight, Brett. I'm recording from Fort Wayne. How's everyone doing tonight? Pretty good. <sighs> doing better than Josh. Yeah. Josh is sick. Josh drank too much milk. Yeah, we had uh, something similar to that last week, and it we didn't puke though, thank goodness. But uh, let's uh, go ahead and go around. Let's see, we let's do waste uh, to east. And I was thinking of an opening question. I couldn't think of a good one, so why don't you just tell me your favorite Matt Damon movie? Okay, uh, this is Pappy recording from Denver, Colorado, and I feel like I'm gonna forget one. Um, favorite Matt Damon movie uh thor ragnarok <laughs> i like it <laughs> he's funny and he's funny in that taco watiti yeah cool so uh, let's see who's in would that be me yeah whoever's in elkhart's more yeah west or something yeah, yeah that's how or I east think. it's the geography works out hello this is stevie recording from elkhart in my favorite matt damon movie well, I'll go with an actual movie that he leads, and I will say The Bourne Ultimatum. Ooh, that's the nice. third in the Bourne series, <clears throat> and when he jumps through that window, it's like, damn, that's cool. So yeah, Bourne Ultimatum for me. I feel like you took a shot at my pick there, an actual movie that he yeah, leads. I thought we were actually going to talk about like an actual Matt Damon movie. Otherwise, I would have said... Ugh. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's the plot twist of the movie. They've had their time. They've had their time. Uh, I'm Mikey, recording out of Goshen, and I'm also going to choose a Bourne movie. I'm going to choose the second one. I think the second one is a little bit... Supremacy? Yeah, I like the... Uh, it's really good. I like the driving scenes in that one. I love all the Bourne movies, though. They're all great. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, I guess that leads to me. I uh, Like I said, I'm Brett I'm from Fort Wayne. Um, I mean, Goodwill Hunting is my favorite, but outside of that, I'm going to... Let's go with the trifecta here. I'd probably say... Uh, the Born Identity. I'd say The Martian, but you guys would probably all make fun of me. So Martian, oh, solid. I like that movie. Yeah, real solid. Hate that movie. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so you hate space movies? <laughs> no, I hate The Martian. I hate boring, uh, lame pun movies. Pappy hates Castaway. It's any time a, a character gets left by himself and has to fend for himself. <laughs> Pappy and has hates to talk him. to himself to avoid <laughs> <laughs> complete silence in the movie. Brittany hates Castaway too. Basura, that's a great movie. I've never seen it. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a photographic memory? I don't know, you know, I just kind of remember. Meet Will Hunting. In South Boston, he's already a legend. Assault, mayhem, theft, resisting, all overturned. But when you hit an officer, you go in. I've spoken to the judge, and he's agreed to release you. Really? You have to meet with me and a therapist every week. This boy's genius is unparalleled. I've never seen anything like it. Now, I need someone who can get through to him. Like me. For the first time in his life. It's a poker game with this kid. Any vulnerability senses will exploit. Will Hunting is about to meet his match. Did you paint that? Yeah, I painted it. Very interesting. Or maybe you're in the middle of a storm, you know, and the waves are crashing over your tiny little boat there, and maybe you did what you had to do to get out. Maybe you became a psychologist. You got me. And maybe you married the wrong woman. Maybe you should watch your mouth. Nobody can understand you, right, Will? You're a genius. I can't learn anything from you. I can't read in some book. 
unless you want to talk about you. Are you terrified of what you might say? You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You got something none of us have. Oh, come on. Why is it always this? I mean, I owe it to myself. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Because I'd do anything to have what you got. So would any of these guys. She's perfect right now, and I don't want to ruin that. Maybe you're perfect right now. Maybe you don't want to ruin that. That way you can go through your entire life without ever having to really know anybody. I love you. You ever think about getting remarried? My wife's dead. Hence the word remarried. My wife's dead. Well, I think that's a super philosophy, Sean. I mean, that way you could actually go through the rest of your life without ever really knowing anybody. Robin Williams. Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. Stellan Skarsgård. And Minnie Driver. Goodwill Hunting. A film by Gus Van Sant. So, uh, our movie uh, this week was uh, Goodwill Hunting, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, probably seen it, I don't know, 10 to 15 times. So, uh, Pappy actually watched it for the first time ever yesterday. So, welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually like one of the most popular movies on Letterboxd that I hadn't seen. And, like, I feel like it's one of those movies that people got pissed off at me for not seeing. Like, how have you not seen how that? How have you not, like, been like home on a Sunday and turned on TNT and watched this movie. It's on every other weekend. I had seen like all like almost all the parts. I don't think I'd ever just seen it like straight through. But you're right. It was on TV so much. I think it was like predominantly featured in that game. Seen it too. So like <laughs> there wasn't much of this movie I didn't already know about. Yeah, and there's some pretty iconic scenes that you probably had already heard about or heard of. So that's that. Uh, I didn't really want to do this, but after consulting with a close friend. Um, Stevie, do you have, is there anything you want to get out? Are you okay with us doing a, a, a Weinstein movie? Do you have anything to say before we start? And then we'll never, and then we're not going to talk about it the rest of the time, okay? Okay, we won't bring up the worst monster, like, possible who produced this movie. But I have an idea that we can pitch to Netflix. It's called Goodwill Hunting. And the spoilers crew go to Goodwill stores throughout the states and find like and show off the awesome prizes of shopping at Goodwill stores. I like it's that. called Goodwill mm-hmm. hunting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I will not bring up Weinstein, but he is a horrendous monster for sure. Uh, and the good news about this is he, he was really important in getting it made, but like he didn't have a big hand in it, so that's good. Well, friend of the podcast Kevin Smith like brought it to him, right? That's how the story goes. Yeah, it was uh, it it was in uh, limbo for four years, and it was like dead in the water. Nobody wanted to do it. It was kind of like a rocky situation where they're like, "Yeah, we want to make this movie, but we don't want you guys to be in it." And they're like, "We have to." And then it got to the point where if Kevin Smith would not have gotten involved, they would have lost the movie, and it would have been devastating for him because you know it was a movie Matt had started writing when he was in his fifth year at Harvard, I believe. Um, and then, you know, when he left Harvard, him and Ben Affleck got together and finished it off. So, well, to, so like the to- production company's uh, benefit of the doubt or whatever, they don't, nobody ever does that. You don't write the movie and then get to star in it. That doesn't happen. Like ever, unless you're Sylvester Stallone, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, he, uh, I mean, he almost lost that too. I mean, he called everyone's bluff kind of maybe in reverse and, and it ended up working out for him. But yeah, you're right. It's not that common, but you know, it was like 
their baby. Yeah, I mean, I would try too if I wrote that thing, but just production companies don't usually do that, like let you have free reign over everything. I, I also I think um, Rob Reiner helped them clean up the script a little bit. It, it, it's I was actually going to say that, like their original script has pretty much what we saw in the movie. And then it goes off the rails and they're getting chased by like the CIA. They go beautiful mind. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Sounds you know, awesome. they gave it to Rob, they gave it to Rob Reiner and he's like, this is great. Get rid of the uh, FBI or CIA stuff. And then they gave it to William Goldman. And he said the he same born identity like 20 years ago. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Someone made a joke that it's like the second half of the movie is like the accountant, which I haven't seen, but uh, yeah, it is a lot. That sounds a lot like it. All right. Well, that was good stuff. We got that out of the way. I uh, appreciate it. you guys keeping it calm and collective. I've seen Stevie off the <laughs> blow that it was lid before. So we'll, well, let's get right in the movie. Uh, I have less points than usual. Only two and a half pages, guys. So <laughs> single space or double space? Single, but it's like old, uh, not college rule. What's that called? Wide rule. <laughs> Wide rule. Handwritten, Gothic, guys. Handwritten. Gothic font. Comic Sans. Sans. <laughs> no, I'll show you. It's not any font anybody can recognize, but... Okay, so... Windings. <laughs> oh, it's gosh. airplanes and trees. Yeah. Just to start off, Will's a janitor at MIT. Um, I, I don't need to explain what MIT is. It's uh, you know, the most best technical school in the co- uh, state, country, world, pretty much, so... His three buddies are Chucky, Morgan, and Billy. Chucky is Ben Affleck. Uh, Morgan is Casey Affleck. And Billy is my boy, Cole, Cole Hauser. The one and only. The one and only movie star. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's he's mopping around, and uh, he sees this linear algebra theorem, and he solves it. And uh, they, the next scene, they're kind of like just palling around. They like to hang out at little... Kids places, kind of. I don't know if you noticed that throughout. They go to Little League games, even though they don't have kids. They go to, like, batting cages. They just do a bunch of crap. Their lives Them are... Them drinking a beer at the Little League was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dig it out! <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, um, so they solved, he solved that equation, and then they're at the batting cages, and they decide to go to a Harvard bar, which kind of, like, sets what Stevie, I guess, I guess would call the, the B storyline of the movie. Um, so, uh... Professor Lambeau, I don't know if you guys are, but I've always been a big fan of Stellan Skarsgård. So oh, yeah. I don't, I yeah, think he's, he's awesome. I mean, you could say that he's maybe, you know, one-dimensional, but he does that really well, in my opinion. So, well, he plays Professor Lambeau. He's a math genius. And uh, someone comes and tells him that the problem's been solved. And he, they kind of all want to figure out who it is. This is correct. Who did this? Jack. Wasn't me. The mission. <laughs> no way. So let me get the Pappy scene where they're just drinking beer at a T-ball game. T-ball, <laughs> not T-ball. I guess it's probably just baseball. And they see a guy who probably has the most Italian name ever, Carmine Scarpaglia. <laughs> I love that. And he just, just recognizes call the man Fettuccine Alfredo for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's like a fan of guy line. Um, so, uh, Stevie, what's uh, special about Carmine? What is uh, Will? So, Carmine has a very attractive girlfriend, 
And it's, what are they doing there? Do they have like a little cousin that's playing? They, they must have. Like, is that a thing in the neighborhood? Let's go watch the, let's go watch the baseball game. I think so. They're just like watching it and hanging out and it, getting drunk. It, it seems like a sports, man. Yeah. Boston sports. Uh, they know the kids' names too. Well, like, so yeah, I scouted them. Like, if you get like <laughs> invested, if you get invested in anything, it can be exciting. Like I used to, like, I don't like NASCAR, but I always said, you know, if I had a driver, I liked. You know, you could get into it if you just get invested into it. And I'm guessing that's what they do. They go scout and I guess probably it, follow the standings and everything. But yeah, go ahead, Stevie, with with Carmine. Well, it's funny because it's like the most losery thing they could do. You know what I mean? It's like a probably oh, yeah. on a weekday or like maybe like a Saturday afternoon where it's just like, oh, let's go to the, you know, little league game and drink beers. It's so losery. But Carmine used to beat the living tar out of uh, out of Goodwill hunting. Uh, when they were in kindergarten, and Will hasn't forgot about that because he remembers everything he will ever see in his life. Would you even recognize that guy? I mean, it's got to be like, <laughs> like twenty five years. <laughs> well, since Will, well, Will's, Will's supposed to be twenty in the movie. That was another. Uh, I heard this on another podcast. That's another reason why they had to desperately get the the movie made because he was twenty seven at the time. And he was running out of time to be able to play a twenty-year-old. So he's, he's supposed pushing to be 20. that twenty-two. I was surprised to hear that he was twenty at the end of the movie. He's just like getting alcohol wherever he goes, no problem. Well, yeah, they go to a dive bar that they know everybody, and then they—that's one of the reasons why they go to Harvard. The Harvard bar is because they know the bouncer. So okay. So Will's the youngest, right? Uh, I obviously, yeah. I mean, Casey Affleck looks the youngest, but I'm guessing Will's supposed to be the youngest. Double burger. Chuck I had a double burger. Did you shut the fuck up? I know what you ordered. I was there. So give me your fucking sandwich. You mean your sandwich? I bought it. Morgan, how much money you got on you? I said I could change when I got the snow cone. I said that before when we pulled up. Why don't you just give me my sandwich and stop being a prick? All right, well, give me your fucking 16 cents that you got on you now. We'll put your fucking sandwich on layaway. Here we go. Keep it right up here for you. We'll put you on a program. Every day you come in with your six cents, and at the end of the week, you get your sandwich. Are you going to be an asshole? So there's, I don't know, I thought the funny scene, just a throwaway scene, but the double burger. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, ben Affleck wants to put it on layaway. So then they uh, they go by, and must be a small neighborhood, because they see Carmine again. And then they get out, and they just get in this huge brawl in front of a bunch of kids who look like little terrors. They're just like egging on and cussing and just being hooligans. <laughs> Is that the music they play? <laughs> yeah, Jerry Raftery. Oh, nice. Brett, what'd you think of this fight scene? Did you think it looked good? Because I thought it was laughably bad. I forgot how... <laughs> yeah, I, I was how, thinking about how it. terrible it looked. There were a couple shots where I thought looked decent, but yeah, I don't know if they did it to There's be one shot funny. of Casey Affleck oh, yeah. winding up. In slow mo, and he looks so goofy. He's like scrunching up his face. It's like it was. You could tell Gus Van Zandt was just like, "Hey, Casey, just go really slow and scrunch <laughs> up your face, punch at the camera." I feel like they sacrificed some of that just so they could get like actual look like punches in the face, as opposed to you know well timed choreography. That you know, as well as you do it, it still kind of looks fake. But yeah. who knows? Who knows what's in the mind of Gus Van Zandt? So uh, the cops come. He gets. Uh, he assaults a cop. And then gets arrested. So um, everyone shows up to Professor Lambeau's class. And everyone wants to know who solved the problem. And he does too, obviously. Uh, so nobody nobody comes forward. And so he puts a new problem um, 
that took a, another math genius two years to solve. Now, the problem apparently is called homeomorphically irreducible trees of degree 10. So, I mean, I knew that stuff in third grade, so I don't know what's so special. <laughs> Elementary for Brett. Yep, for sure. So, Will solves the problem, and then Lambo catches him solving the problem. Kind of perfect timing there, but uh, runs away, says something pretty nasty to Lambo. Hey, fuck you! So the next scene, they're at the Harvard bar. Uh, I think this is one of the classic scenes of the movie. I don't know, Mikey, you want to uh, maybe describe some of the highlights of it? Uh, yeah, so like we said, uh, Will's too young to get into any bar, but they know this bouncer, and he lets them in. And they just go to the Harvard bar to, I think, basically hit on chicks because it's kind of out of their town. Yep. Uh, so they're trying to find new girls or whatever. And... Uh, uh, ben Affleck instantly sees, is your name Mini Driver? Yeah, Skyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skyler, Mini Driver. Mini, Mini Skyler. And he, <laughs> this, uh, when he spots them and then walks over, cracks me up every time. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does like a little dance and like looks in the mirror and combs his hair and stuff and it cracks me up every time. And then he goes over there and he uh, tries to make a move on these two girls and he, He's really making an ass of himself, but he's not being a dick or anything. And uh, another Harvard guy walks up. What's his name? Clark. And he's, uh, I don't know if you guys know who Dean Winters is, but that's Dean Winters' brother. Well, he looks like a super douche. He's got a long (laughs) blonde ponytail and he's talking down to Ben Affleck and he's being a real jerk. His hair looks so uh, ratty. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's gross. It's awful. So nasty. But he's talking down to Ben Affleck, who's uh, just being a nice guy, trying to hit on these girls, and uh, he's calling him out because he knows that he doesn't go to Harvard. So he's kind of like demeaning him, and he's kind of saying some stupid stuff about some history subject or whatever, trying to just throw him off his game, and then Matt Damon walks over and kind of puts him in his place. It's a pretty good scene. It's, uh, I'd say it's probably the funnier scene, one of the funnier scenes in the movie. Because Matt Damon kind of turns the tables on Clark and gets a uh, mini driver, Skyler's number. So yeah, I, he, I like that scene. He points out the fact that Clark's in there just like literally plagiarizing books he's read to try to sound smart. But Matt Damon, Will, uh, Will Hunting, Matt Damon has read all the same books. Uh, I don't know if you know, just to, for the audience, Dean Winters is like the mayhem guy for Allstate. He's in the. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a the vulture in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's in Oz. I think they're uh, Clark's in Oz. I never watched Oz, but uh, <laughs> that's you get one of the classic lines of Casey Affleck go, "My boy's wicked smart." And then uh, so yeah, when when Mikey's talking about Skyler comes up and she's all mad at him <clears> because <throat> he didn't come talk to her, and <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. It's actually from. Marlon Brando said it on the set of Apocalypse Now, but he goes, I swallowed a bug, and he gets up and walks away. <laughs> That's like his cue to leave. So he gets her number, yeah, and then uh, you get another iconic line. Is Pappy will probably point out that that scene is verbatim from Chinatown, which I've never seen, but you know, he says, hey, do you like apples? He comes, apart, uh, he comes upon Clark in a different, I don't know, cafe or whatever. And he says, how do you like them apples? But yeah, it's Taken verbatim from Chinatown. Jack Nicholson says that, apparently. 
Do you like apples? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> okay, just to go back to that scene, though. I thought that the conversation between them, or them flexing on each other, I think it's a little bit weird. Stevie, do you like it? I thought it feels a little bit contrived. When he's throwing Vicas out. Of course that's your Hang on a second. You're a first-year grad student. You just got finished reading some Moxian historian, Pete Garrison, probably. You're going to be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon. Then you're going to be talking about how the economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's going to last until next year. You're going to be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood talking about, you know, the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital-forming effects of military mobilization. As a matter of fact, I won't because Wood drastically underestimates the impact Wood of social distinctions. Wood drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? I wish it had gone a different way because we already know that Matt Damon is a genius. And typically, I mean, I know... You know, Will Hunting is a different case, but isn't it typical that the smartest man in the room is typically the man who talks less? And I wish, like, his comeuppance towards the dude with the super ratty hair had, like, come, like, later in the movie at some point and not there. That was just my feeling on it. Yeah, but, I mean, you know he's a math genius, but this kind of where you get to see that he... He has a photographic he, memory? Yeah, as much as anyone can, which, like, technically can't, but that's all right. When is he reading all these books? Well, they show understand. him at the very beginning in the little kaleidoscope open. He's in there reading. He's like reading that book. Uh. He's doing math. He's like looking at, like she says later, you, you do organic chemistry for fun. You know, for someone who doesn't care about his future, he likes to know things. And, you know, maybe he is not your typical smart guy. He, you know, he also said he doesn't date very often. So maybe he's not good at the, like, you're right, Stevie. You know, you're the smartest guy in the room. You don't usually have to say anything, but yeah, it's kind of all new for him, maybe. And how often is he around Harvard people? That's true. Pretentious. And maybe he was just trying to stand up for his best friend. That's what he says. He's like, you're bothering these girls. You're trying to embarrass my friend. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, I, I actually love that scene, but I, I get, I totally get both you guys' points. So, um, so uh, Professor Lambeau tracks Will down. Uh, he goes to the buildings and grounds, and uh, that's a pretty funny scene, I guess. He finds out he's a criminal. Then you go to another scene where they kind of show Will's smart, but he's kind of a nightmare. He's at his arraignment. <laughs> he's, he's he's using this old-time criminal law as defense, and you kind of find out from a judge who also has terrible hair that uh, he's been in trouble like 10 times, but every single time he talks his way out of it. Google hunting is like a superhero. Like he's he's the best lawyer ever. He's the best mathematician ever. He's good at everything he does. Yep. And then this is the first time you find out that Will was. They read his rap sheet. He was passed around the system. He was beaten. That's kind of the first time you hear that. Uh, so he calls Skyler with this one phone call. Apparently, that's pretty funny. And they set a date. I I don't know the the Hervey guy who walks by. He's always creeped me out. Does he, you know, the, like, he's on the phone. That guy's like, hey, man, you want some of this? That was a man? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I that was I a never female, know. man. <laughs> it looks like the third cracked out version of, like, the Affleck brother. Like, it looks like the like, McPoyle sister. 
<laughs> but his name's Hervé, according to the closed captioning. So, um, <laughs> Hervé, H U R V E. So I don't know. Hervé Maria. <laughs> but uh, then you, uh, you know, Lambo comes, bails him out, and they, uh, the kind of the crux of the story happens right here. Uh, he gets the judge to release him under his supervision. Uh, only is the two things he needs to do is he needs to meet with Lambo, I believe, once a week or twice a week, and he needs to see a therapist. So you know, Will's like, "Yeah, I'll meet with you, but I'm not seeing a therapist." But obviously, that's not that's not what happens. So, so then they show Lambo and Will doing math, and you know, they kind of like become fast friends. But you kind of find out that's kind of a a fickle friendship later on, but we'll get to that later. Does anybody know who George Plimpton is? Sounds real familiar. He's like a famous no. journalist or whatever. He's actually the first uh, therapist. He's the one that's like, do you have a hard time hiding the fact that you're gay? <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, I, everyone's always super surprised that George, that George Plimpton's in that movie because he's not an actor at all, but he plays that character pretty well. Then the uh, second therapist, Pappy, do you want to describe the second therapist and what happens there? The hypnotherapist? Yeah, he's like uh, pretending to be asleep and uh, Matt Damon starts to get into some like deep Freudian uh, uh, stuff. Like some, And the therapist thinks he's like making a breakthrough. He's like, yeah, I just describe what's happening. And as Matt Damon gets into it, describing this like uh, buried pain, it ends up he's singing uh afternoon delight which is pretty funny yeah reminds me of anchorman so brett would you say it's fairly obvious that this isn't will hunting's first like run around with therapists yeah that, like this isn't probably the first time he's screwing with them on a constant basis yeah i'm guessing you know what i don't know if i ever even thought about that but now that you mention it i mean he's passed around the system i have to I'm imagine guessing... he's had to like forcibly at court seeing these therapists yeah. before mm-hmm. or yeah like especially going if to... he was abused in <clears throat> foster care mm-hmm. i'm sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> and then, like boys homes and stuff yeah uh you have to see therapists uh boys or girls homes non-denominational um so then you meet uh sean mcguire for the first time that's robin williams at bunker hill community college uh, him and Lambo are old college roommates. They talk at a bar. You get a little bit of background. Uh, Sean McGuire kind of had the same background. You find out a little bit. You don't find out till the end, but, uh, you know, he's from Southie. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the phrase Southie when talking about Boston. That might be new to you guys. We definitely heard it on the town. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brought up in every in Boston movie. <laughs> Speaking For of which, sure. what, 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 can we, what Ben Affleck movie club is this? Is this six? Yeah, six. Six. <gasps> Jeez, he's that's there. a he's lot catching of Ben Affleck. Take he's down Anthony Daniels, Ben. <laughs> well, Anthony, Anthony Daniels is, will eventually run out of movies that we can do. So, you know, Ben Affleck will catch him eventually. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Sean pretty much says he's busy. He doesn't want to meet with them. And Lambo's kind of like, you're the only guy that can get through him, through to him. So then you... Uh, uh, I skipped a thing. So uh, they have their first therapy session with Sean. Um, why don't we? Who wants to describe that scene? Because that's like a, I don't know. I think it's a cool scene, but it's a brutal scene. Steve, you want to take that one? It. You want to go to go, Pap? Pap, have at it, man. Have it, dude. Yeah. So 
Uh, well, he well he kicks out uh, Lambo, and then Lambo's little assistant. I don't know if we've talked about that guy yet, but he's like he's so weird. He like loves. Well, he has a crush on him so for much. sure. For sure, yeah. He's and yeah. he's like he's been his been groomed by Lambo, and now he's kind of been pushed aside. Yeah, you're very lucky to have his attention. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, basically um, they start talking a little bit about the books that are on the shelves, and, and they're going back and forth. Matt Damon isn't giving him. Our Goodwill Hunting isn't giving him much, um, but then he stands up and he sees this painting, which it's like an old man out to sea, kind of. I guess I don't yeah. know how would you describe it. Like there's boats, there's like waves, and yeah. he's in a storm. And basically, Goodwill Hunting is so good at analyzing art, he like can break down Robin Williams just based on this one painting. It's a real piece of shit. Oh, well, tell me what you really think. Uh, just a delinear and. Impressionistic mix makes a very muddled composition. It's also a Winslow Homer ripoff, except you got Whitey uh, rowing the boat there. Well, it's odd one, eh? It wasn't very good. That's not really what concerns me, though. What concerns you? It's the coloring. You know what the real bitch of it is? It's paint by number. Is it color by number? Because the colors are fascinating to me. Are they really? What yeah, about that? I think you're about one step away from cutting your fucking ear off. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Stevie touched on a few minutes ago he, I don't know, I don't know if I noticed it the first couple times viewing it, but Sean, uh, Will is really good at, you know, he keeps going. He's, he's kind of like making fun of him about the books. He's trying to find a weakness in him. He's trying to find what gets him, like with the, you know, the first guy probably found out something about, he's probably been called gay before, you know, he probably figured that out and, you know, uh, completely embarrassing the hypnotherapist. Like he knew that would get him. So he's kind of searching. So he goes for the books first and that goes nowhere. Mm. Then he goes right to the painting, makes fun of him, but Sean's kind of not biting on it. Until he brings up his wife, yep. which is, this is like another iconic line where he says, I will fucking end you. Yeah. Williams with his hand around his it's mat. pretty awesome though. Oh yeah. It's pretty, he delivers it really well. I will end you. I will fucking end you. It's like he's sticking up for his dead wife. I mean, I think uh, you got a wife who died. I think uh, just about anybody would do that because Matt Damon is really going to town on this painting and just really making some wild accusations about Robin Williams' wife. And I think it's like important too that Robin Williams' character it came from South Boston as well, and it's like this kind of aggression that like Matt Damon Goodwill Hunting can actually like relate to. You know what I mean? No other yeah. therapist is like fucking grabbed him by the neck before. And, like you can kind of see it in his eyes. He like respects that move from from ron williams yeah i think it catches him off guard too like yeah for sure i also i always kind of like the line he's like you lift weights he's like yeah he goes nautilus free weights what do you bench 285 what do you bench <laughs> 285 <laughs> <laughs> robin williams ain't throwing up no 285 <laughs> he's got some pretty big arms matt Damon doesn't even reply to it he just like walks away yeah, he like, just keeps going the on the next thing <laughs> yep, yeah next thing so robin williams probably has dad strength <laughs> Doesn't look yeah. strong, but he's pretty compliant. <laughs> Robin Williams' arm hair can bench two and five alone. Oh, gosh, for sure. <laughs> that boy's shooting up with something. <laughs> so then uh, we get to Skylar and Will's first date. Uh, they kind of get a little bit into Skylar's history. I don't know if it's a typical Harvard story. You know, uh, you know, she got an inheritance, and so, but she's super friendly and she's super quirky, and it's kind of like the opposite of Will, but Will seems to really dig it. Um, you know, she tells him another little mini crux of stories that she's getting ready to go to Stanford. And, uh, so 
Let me get my old school notes flipped here. She wanted to become a surgeon, right? That was her yeah. like end game is become a surgeon. I would assume so. It kind yeah, of I don't know if they ever way. said surgeon, but I'm get she just said meds. She probably did say surgeon. I just missed it. So. Yeah. But yeah, Stanford's uh, one of the good schools to go to. Good honor. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so then you get your second meeting with Sean. Uh, you know, when I was reading, I was reading some reviews on Letterboxd, and the scene I saw most quoted, except for one later, which you probably both know what I'm talking, all know what I'm talking about. But the scene, it's one of my favorite scenes. It's with, um, they're on the bench. Yeah. Steve, you want to go ahead and describe that? I, I don't know. I really like that scene. I like it more and more every time I see it. So, Robin Williams, in their first meeting, pretty much let Will do kind of run the show. And in their second meeting, he really, like, takes point. He's kind of on the verge of pretty much just saying, shut up and you're going to listen to me. And he talk, goes on to say a lot of stuff like, you know, I could be mad at you. You know what I mean? Like, the more mm-hmm. I thought about it, the more I thought about it. He's like, you have experienced nothing. It's like, you know everything and you've experienced nothing. And you're just a kid. And he pretty much goes on to say, like, you know, if I talked about this, you just cite this. He's like, we can go back and forth all day. But in the end, you haven't actually lived the way I have. Right. And he kind of leaves him just speechless. Yeah, he's like, you know, if I talk about Michelangelo, you'd if I talk about art, you'd talk about Michelangelo mm-hmm. in the Sistine Chapel or mm-hmm. yeah. If I talk about women, you'd talk about blah blah blah, war, love. And then the, if I, I, I read Oliver Twist, I wouldn't know your. Oh life. man, that, yeah, that's yeah. something. That's something I like more and more every time I watch it too. It's you just want like, more? <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, I have some more. But yeah, so he he's basically just saying, you look at one painting and you think you have my whole life figured out. He's like, I can't read a book about Oliver Twist and know what your life's about. So mm-hmm. and it's kind of a, a turning point in the movie. I mean, I think the it's two really important words that he says at the end. He goes, "I'm in." You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's just a really, uh, that's one pretty, of the better parts of the whole movie. Yeah. It's what it a pretty really scene. Mm-hmm. They've actually set up a memorial there for him when he died. Really? On that bench. Yep. And oh, I pe- saw a picture of it and someone written, Oh, captain, my captain on the bench. I'm like, that's the wrong movie dog. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean, my Sean. Oh, Sean. Um, <laughs> 10,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a quick in the neck. <laughs> Apparently there were like hundreds of people there that were all watching the scene and they thought it was going to be a nightmare and everyone just was just super quiet because they really, really yeah, wanted a lot of people to see them. running around so, in that scene, flying kites and shit all over the place. If you like, if you like look across the little Creek, there's people just standing there for no reason other than to stare at the scene. Just staring. But, <laughs> but it's far enough away that it's not like, distracting to me um then uh they show another meeting with sean and will you think like oh second meeting is gonna be a breakthrough but pretty much sean says no smoking and that's the only thing they say to each other the whole hour um then they do another thing it's kind of like they're building on how smart will is um he impresses another math genius but at the same time makes him feel like a failure because this guy's been working in math his whole life and he just doesn't want to believe that what Will's saying is true, but, you know, obviously Will's a genius, so. Um, a, for, a fourth session, they kind of do a bunch of sessions in a row. I think they kind of just want to build it up. Uh, Will tells a joke after a while. 
I don't know if we want to skip the joke or someone wants to try to tell it, but we'll probably just maybe play it or something. You know, I was on this plane once, and I'm sitting there, and uh, Captain gets on, he does this whole, you know, we'll be cruising at 35,000 feet, but then he puts the mic down, he forgets to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And so he turns to the co-pilot, and he's like, you know, all I could use right now is a fucking blowjob and a cup of coffee. So the stewardess fucking goes bombing up from the back of the plane and tell him that the microphone's still on. This guy in the back of the plane's like, hey, hon, don't forget the coffee. You forgot the coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget the coffee. (laughs) Uh, So then you get to another uh, kind of a textbook classic um, Robin Williams scene. I don't know how familiar all you are, but they talk about Skyler. And then um, he's talking about how she's perfect. And... Um, Robin Williams, I don't know if he knew this. He probably did. It's pretty well known, but he tells a story about his wife farting in bed and he'd wake the dog up. Well, that was a complete, <laughs> that was a 100% organic ad-libbed story. So the laughter that's coming from Matt Damon is like 100% legit because nobody knew he was going to say that. <laughs> You're not trying to be an asshole. That story did nothing for me, though. That that's like one of the of all of the long jokes in this movie. That one's like my least favorite. What the, what, the fart? The eight second the, fart. the eight second story he tells about his wife. It's too long for you. It's just and then like Robin Williams smiles with like this crazy smile, and Matt Damon's nostrils are like flaring all over the place as he's laughing. Yeah, oh yeah, they're flaring <laughs> very, for sure. I don't know. It's unsettling for me. I like it. But. <laughs> Pap, just give it a no dog and yeah, oh, just, just give I us a whole no dog and walk away, man. Do you want to, you want to give us a yes no right now and head to bed or what? Oh my god, you guys! Okay, um, I that story. So it's it's uh, you don't really know what's going on with Skyler, but it's made plain that he hasn't called her after their date. So he goes to Harvard. Uh, she's like, I got to do homework. Let's meet tomorrow, and then he leaves and comes back. An hour later, and does he did like, like here's your homework, dummy. Let's go play. Yeah. <laughs> let's go play baseball. Yeah, let's go did, put on some dogs. He did her uh, <laughs> organic chemistry homework. So yeah, they go to the dog track. This is where uh, Matt does his twelve brothers thing. I, I don't know if I read something interesting. I don't know if it's true or not, but someone uh, said that maybe the twelve people are twelve uh, directors that he wanted to work with. And they're all listed. <laughs> uh, I mean, if every single one, you know, like um, Brian at the ends, Brian De Palma, and uh, Terry Gillum, Paps Boy, Time Bandits, Time Bandits. So, isn't there a Mikey? Doesn't yeah? Ever- who's that? Michael Mann, man. If you want me to, ask who I was thinking. Pull, oh. If you want to like talk, I could pull it up. Let's see. Um, Tommy Tiki. Tiki Taki. Tommy Tiki Tavi Kaki. Littlefoot was in there too, I think. <laughs> Littlefoot. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Tiki Tavi was in there. The yeah. famous, famous mongoose. I'm getting there. I'm almost TJ, there, guys. Who's your mama? Does he do it right both times? Yes, he does, her? I believe. Okay. I didn't go back and compare. Okay, so, like, we got, did it right, but... so we got Marky, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, Davey, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. And, uh, no Stevie. Hey, one no day. No Steven Spielberg. One day. So <laughs> we got. I, I don't know. So, I don't know some of these people. Some you might. Mark Rocco. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. No. Sir Richard Attenborough. Well, yeah. Yes. I'll spare no expense for that man. Who's that? He's the old. Isn't he the uh, BBC common? Uh, BBC Nature guy. Isn't uh, he the old guy from Jurassic Park? Oh. Huh. Huh. Danny. Hold on. Danny Boyle. 
Terry Gilliam, Michael Salomon. I don't know, David Fincher, Tim Saruman. 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 Yes, Mike. Mikey, Richard Attenborough is uh, the creator of Jurassic Park. The spare no expense. Uh, David Attenborough. Tom Tom Hanks, Joel Schumacher, Robert Redford, John Woo, and Brian De Palma. So, there we go on that. I don't believe that true. No, no, for sure. It's not, nobody said it. It's just someone, it it is what you said. It's a speculation. Gotcha. Also, this lie that he tells, that's a pretty bold lie. Oh, yeah. Why go with 12 brothers? Why Why just say my brother died? I mean, yeah. He wants her to think that he's better than she is, or he doesn't think they'll last very long because, like you said, he'll screw it up or she'll screw it up. So he doesn't think he'll ever have to. Explain the lie. The Twelve brothers. That's a big. That's a big lie. Irish Catholic, mm-hmm. though. My my mom had eight brothers and sisters. So, oh. Do you know all their names, Brett? Yes, I do. Roll them off as fast as Will Hunting. Go. Oof. Go. Beth, Diane, Peg, Danny, Tommy, Timmy, uh, Patty, Lynn. Kathy. Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was really good. I started doing an order, then I realized I didn't know the order. So, <laughs> all movies Brett wants to spoil. <laughs> so we'll get we'll get rolling here. Um, so we get to our fifth session. Um, I would say I love this scene too, but we'll see. It's the story of the Red Sox where he met where he met his wife. Is uh, Mikey? Do you want to describe that real quick or? Yeah, I I love this scene. I think it shot really well. But uh, Robin Williams is talking about the time he first meets his wife at a bar. He he's at this bar and he's got tickets to Game Six of uh, the 1975 World Series. He's with all of his friends and he's telling the story to Will about the first time he meets his wife. And they're at this bar and he just sees her and he's dumbfounded by this woman and he puts his ticket on the table and slides it over to his friends and says he has to go see about a girl so he never ends up going to this game but while he's telling matt damon this story he's standing up and he's like acting like he's batting and there's even like a crack of the bat and they flash back to some old footage of like, fist, mm-hmm. man. Yep. Pudge. an actual game Pudge. i think it's i think this whole scene is edited really well and my favorite shot is when it's a top-down shot and Robin Williams is like running around bases, which are set oh, up yeah, by yeah. the chairs he has in the office. Yep, I saw that. Office. That's pretty cool. Yep. I think it looks. He like knocks him over. It's just the, yeah, it's just a really good, really well edited, thought out shot. And he tells this story so well. And the kicker at the end is that he never went into the game. Matt Damon asked him, so how, how was the game? Did you rush the field? Uh, like, Did you rush the field? You rush you the field? I didn't rush the fucking yeah. field. Were you out there? And he's like, no, nah, I didn't go out the I didn't go to the fucking game. <laughs> and, and Matt Damon is like dumbfounded that he just skipped the game to go talk to this woman. And Robin uh, Williams, Sean, just ha- says he has no regrets because that was the best decision he's ever made in his life. So it's a really sweet scene in the end. And I think it's one of the better edited scenes in this whole movie. I like the very end too. Where he's like, it would have been cool to see that game though. And he goes, yeah. I didn't know Fish was going to hit a homer. <laughs> no, he's like, oh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so we uh, get our first meet with uh, Skyler and uh, the buddies. So the, there's two stories. We don't need to talk about them. I always thought Ben Affleck's story was pretty funny. I was on uh, such pins and needles during these whole scenes when I first watched this. Because I was what? like, 
I was like, does she think these are his brothers? Is she going to bring up the brothers? Like, he's in a mm-hmm, massive yeah. lie right now. <laughs> did he tell these guys that, hey, pretend to be pretend my brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he did because he, Chucky almost busts him out later. And like, I feel like Chucky and Billy would have, uh, you know, caught on quick that no. Morgan caught, wouldn't have. Morgan would have been like, he ain't got <laughs> he no ain't brothers. He's broke. You're yeah. an orphan, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Stevie. <laughs> I actually read that uh, uh, Casey Affleck ad-libbed like most of his lines and it drove Matt Damon and Gus Van Sant crazy. But like when they watched it back, they were like, yeah, these lines are funnier than what we wrote for him. I swallowed a bug. Yeah, I swallowed a bug. (laughs) But yeah, I kind of like how it's kind of like a uh, guessing a stereotypical Irish thing is, you know, Morgan's just maybe it's kind of a stereotypical douche thing, but he just keeps interrupting Chucky and they just scream the whole time. So that happens. It's it goes really well. And like I said, Chucky almost busts out. Will he kind of says you know about his crappy house and and then yeah. So uh, let me get a. I don't know. I think he's putting his friend down a peg. Yeah, you should be. Well, she's also like, "We're gonna go see your brothers," and <laughs> nice, Chucky just Mikey. gives him this look like, "All right." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he he catches on quick enough. But uh, I don't know. I feel like. The scenes with Sean and Lambo are all really good, but they're all like super uncomfortable. Um, like the next one's at a bar with Lambo and Sean, and it's kind of a, you know, uh, Lambo set up some job offers for Will, and it's kind of like the first one of the first hints that you see that Lambo's kind of cracking a little bit when he says, "I'm I'm nothing compared to this young man." Talk about how he's been a genius since he's been eighteen, and you know, like high regard since he was eighteen, and. He's won this crazy prize, but he's nothing compared to him. Tim, can you help us? We're trying to settle a bet. Uh-oh. You ever heard of Jonas Salk? Sure. Cured polio. You've heard of Albert Einstein? <laughs> How about Gerald Lambeau? Ever heard of him? Oh. Thank you, Tim. So who won the bet? I did. This isn't about me, Sean. I'm nothing compared to this young man. Over here with Gerald Lambeau. I don't know. I feel like I'm waiting for someone just to rip on Ben Affleck, but I love the retainer scene. Um, You know, he's like... It's a little out there in terms of the rest of the movie. But I like how he's kind of trying to throw big words together that he has no idea. So here for two... Retainer, <laughs> and then he goes. Also, good. No, this offer that he gets. What is it like? Eighty five thousand. Yeah, like eighty four thousand. Supposed to be a genius. How well, how am I going to compete in the business world if I can't? Even, I'm not even a super genius, and Matt Damon's only getting an eighty five thousand dollar offer. Yeah, we're screwed with seventeen dollars up front <laughs> as a retainer. Yeah. yeah. What is this terrible? But offer? I've always loved, and I've actually still use this line of "Yes, suspect." But, uh, that's one hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars in that year. Oh, nice. Okay, well, right, Mike, Mike and I have yeah. a shot still. Well, we know we know Pappy's making bank, so well, I don't have a retainer. <laughs> no. Don't have a retainer. Retainer. In somewhere there, there's like a great meme about middle school cafeteria trays and retainer, but I couldn't think of it. <laughs> so, the scene felt somewhat out of place. I don't know. I mean, I understand it's funny and it's quirky, 
and it's good for like Ben Affleck to have screen time and whatnot. It's just compared to the rest of the movie, there's one other scene too that's highly out of place. And I feel like if you cut this scene, it would have been you know all right. Yeah, this is yeah, my but- most out of place one. I think you could cut it no problem, and the story stays the exact same. But I'm okay I, with it I being in there. It's just it's, I think you could cut it. I think you could have cut it too. But at the same time, I feel like it's just showing you really quickly that uh, how not seriously he's taking this job offer thing. So. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's one little part, but yeah, they do bring it up a few times later. So it's not, it's, I think it's just a quick comic relief because I, it's getting to the part where it gets, uh, pretty serious and a lot of mistakes are made by Will, but, uh, we're actually getting here pretty close. Um, so there's another date. Uh, Skyler's kind of, this is another person. He's kind of accidentally beat down. She's kind of depressed to how smart he is. Um, I do like the scene where he's talking about uh, why he's so smart, you know, because uh, Brittany brought it up. She's like, it never explains wh- how he got so smart. And he just pretty much kind of uses some, what's going on over there? Someone making some noise. Okay. <laughs> Sound like someone was biting into a pork bone. Um, <laughs> what are you talking that's about? <laughs> grinding it. It's not me. So, you know, he's talking about, you know, Beethoven just looks at a, a piano and he sees how to play. So that's pretty much it. It's not that important. Just kind of shows that Skyler's awed by him like everyone else, but at the same time, kind of like jealous maybe a little bit. But um, then we get to what I think is one of the most brutal breakup scenes ever. Uh, Stevie, you want to take this one? Yeah, so... She asked asked him to go to California. She asked him to go to California, and he was just like, but what about Boston? (laughs) He's like, like, I live here. He's never left it. You know what I mean? He he just kind of... What about the socks? What about the socks? (laughs) They're going to win in, you know, seven years from now. But um, he's just kind of throwing excuses of why he can't leave. And then they really get into the breakdown of like, he had a messed up life and it is messing with him and everyone that tries to get close with him. He just pushes them away so hard. You know what I mean? It's like Skyler's crying. He's punching a wall. He has scars. Pretty much going to depth of like, yeah, I got stabbed by a foster dad when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you can't fix me. I am broken. I don't need you. You know, he's pretty <sighs> He's fighting against everything that makes sense to him because of how often he's been so hurt throughout his life. Yeah, fear of abandonment. They say that Just later. Such fear of abandonment, and that uh, was pretty brutal to watch her cry, saying "I love you," and he's like, "I don't love you," and he yes. walks out of her dorm with no boots on, and his pants are undone, <laughs> and his shirts off. <laughs> yeah, she says the most Boston breakup ever. He said, "Tell me you don't <laughs> tell me you don't love me, and I won't call you. I won't blah blah blah." And he, you think he's going to say something, he looks right at him and he goes, I don't love you. Man, it's, that's brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's like so afraid to, like he's like a little kid. He's like, you're going to take backs or something, right? That This is this part. Like, he's yeah. so afraid yeah, like that, he's, like, yep. yeah, she's going to abandon him and like take back her love. Like, nothing's going to be permanent. In his defense, he did, ju- he is like getting these job offers and he doesn't have a job in California. Like, he couldn't find he's one. <laughs> finally about to make some money. He's finally about to make some real money and kind of better himself in Boston. Yeah, but he hasn't gotten defense. to that point yet. He still thinks he's going to be working at, you know, being a janitor and working uh, construction. But I, I think it's, uh, I do agree with that. Like, 
But also, I think kind of what Pappy's saying, he says it, he's like, what if, and he's also, remember, he's built like a web of lies that, you know, let's say they go to California in two weeks, and then three days later, she finds out that he's been lying to her the whole time, and then, you know, there was any each other, he'll be out there, he'll be stuck out there, and I don't know. But yeah, I mean, his life does definitely have the uh, potential to change, but I feel like he's not made that point. He's not to that point yet, but you could be right, though, for sure. And then we get to, I don't know, I think Pappy was talking about earlier, that the TA who's in love with Lambo, just like the most weird little, you know how lucky you are. He's a brilliant <laughs> man. Yeah, it's creepy. But, yeah, it's just another person who resents Will. And then... uh this is kind of like the beginning, uh, act two of Will's uh, destruction tour, 1997. <laughs> so, you know, he rips Skyler's life apart, and then probably even worse, I mean, he just straight kills Lambo's spirit, and it's like feel, Lambo's whole life feels like it's uh, been a waste. Uh, he, like, the line that always gets me is he's like, Will's like, do you know how easy this is for me? So fucking easy. And then uh, I also love like maybe my favorite but most devastating line from Lambo is he's like, most days I wish I never would have met you, then I could sleep at night. You know, he's just blessed to have met someone who's that brilliant, but like it haunts him and probably will forever because he's been working for f- well, he's four like, years. I-, I wish I never met you because then I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know someone is out there just throwing this gift away. It's like, oh, yeah. That's so true. Will is just so, which, such which a he would die to, which he would die to have. Yeah, and everybody is like telling Will like in the next scene after this. Ben Affleck is saying the same thing to Will. Yep. That's uh, yeah. Next we have the um, NSA scene. I don't know. I thought this was a really, I know, surprise, surprise. I thought this was a really well written scene. Um, does anybody feel comfortable explaining that real quick? Are the people in the NSA really that smug? Probably. We don't like to brag. We don't like to we brag, like to about brag that. William. But yes, you're but right. Yes, we are bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just, just like yeah. Go ahead. Was this left over from the original script? Like when they go this with the government? This is kind of a uh, kind of a callback to that. Like I believe that was put in there, or it, it actually, you know what? It might the thing might branch off from that, but it's something like that. I think it's like a callback to the stuff that was cut, but. Well, I mean, I do like the edit that's done because, yeah, he basically just tells him off, like, yeah, maybe I do solve this code, and then we bomb this village and uh, kill these innocent people, then they steal our, they take our jobs, and then my <laughs> buddy's, like, broke. Like, but in the middle of that whole story, like, it cuts back to a therapy session with Robin Williams, which is it's a pretty good edit. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, it's kind of gets the whole Sean trying he's Sean's kind of gone over to what Will says is Lambeau's side but not really at the same time and this is Will like kind of justifying his life you know what's wrong with laying brick and Sean's really trying to get through that outer layer you know why did you choose MIT don't tell me it's for honor you did it because you know you are smart and you want to show how smart you were so he kicks Will out pretty much but not before Sean goes after uh Will goes after Sean again about the wife, you know, basically saying, yeah, you had a good life, but your wife's dead. And basically saying you're like a loser now. You you haven't done anything. You're scared to do anything else, which is, you know, you find out later that actually 
got through to Sean. So he kicks him out of his office. Uh, he calls Skyler, and my jam is playing in the background. Angelus, my Elliot Smith. <laughs> pretty another pretty cold. She goes, "I love you." He goes, "Take care." And hangs up. <laughs> Adios. I know. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> That's legend, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're getting pretty close here. Um, so Will Will no shows. Uh, Lambo calls Sean. He's like, "Where is he?" Sean doesn't know. Uh, let's have uh, Mikey take this scene again. I think this is probably Affleck's finest moment, but I'm sure I'll be told I'm wrong. Uh, the <laughs> Mikey, you want to take the last scene with Chucky where they're together, pretty much besides the car? Yeah, uh, they're Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon are working construction now, and it's the end of the day, and. At the end of the day, I guess you drink beers with the fellas. <laughs> you crack open it's a cold Boston. one. It's probably a breeze <laughs> on ice. As soon yeah. as the whistle blows, you're cracking open a cold one with the boys. <laughs> yeah. The big old air horn blows. Uh, and then uh, they're drinking beers uh, uh, out by the truck. And Ben Affleck is like, hey, uh, so what happened with your girl? And uh matt damon is like oh yeah we broke up she's moving to california it's not gonna work out i'm not going with her and then ben affleck is like you freaking idiot and he just lays into him and tells him that he's got this gift that everybody working at this construction site would give up anything for and that matt damon is just throwing it away and he says to him uh he's got a really uh great little monologue here where he's like every day I, the best part of my day is when I walk up to your house and I hope to God that you're not there that you just like left in the middle of the night no goodbye no nothing you just packed up your stuff and you're going he, he doesn't say this but like you actually did something with your gift and got out of Southie and uh, it just kind of like rocks Matt Damon because that's basically his brother telling him that he kind of this is like the end of, it's not the end of this friendship, but it's just like it has run its course right now. And Ben Affleck is trying to push Matt Damon into a, a better life. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of, it's a tough scene. I think uh, Ben Affleck does a great job, but uh, yeah, it can be emotional because it's kind of like th- this end of this friendship. Brett, I would agree that it's his best moment, too, because they set up that scene that Ben Affleck's describing, like, at least three or four times in the movie. Like, he's always going up to the door carrying Dunkin' Donuts, like, enacting that exact scene that he ends up describing. So, it's, like, really easy to to visualize. And, like, yeah, I I buy it. I buy that he, like, wants this guy to, like, use his lottery ticket, like Mikey was saying. Yeah, because, like, you know, they rag on each other all the time. But I think, uh, obviously, deep down, all four of those guys care about each other and probably... Probably nobody cares about anybody as much as Chucky probably cares for Will. Um, you know, you know, he says something about your gift and Will flips out. He's like, Oh, not you too. I'm going to something about I owe it to myself. And I actually like that. Uh, ben Affleck goes, you owe it to me. So, um, I, I heard this on a podcast. You guys are the camera people. You guys know this stuff. Um, they thought it was a cool shot. Um, you know, usually in monologues, you want to focus on the guy talking. You know, maybe zoom in a little bit, but it's half of it is shot over his shoulder looking at Will. I thought that was cool, but I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. 
if that's something they thought was cool or if it's something you missed or because he's given his little monologue to Will and the camera's over Chucky's shoulder looking at Will as opposed to mm-hmm. I know I think it's good because then you can see Will's, Will's reaction because that's what's most important him. yeah right and it's definitely not the only time they do it like that whole scene on the bench I think it's like pretty much the same thing right like you're basically focusing on Will yeah. and even the fart story like most of the fart story is Will's Goodwill Hunting's reaction is did you guys notice uh I saw one bat like uh, uh, most of the reviews were good to average and one review was really bad and it said something like they hated the camera work is that something that stood out to you because I don't notice it but I didn't mind the camera mm. work I didn't think it was jarring in any way yeah it, did, it didn't stand out to me but um I don't look for that stuff as much so yeah I don't I wouldn't say it's like breaking any rules or anything or like trying to do anything crazy besides I mean that one uh world series yeah it's cool uh, story I mean that's like the only thing that kind of stands out to me and it's a good scene so i don't think the camera work is bad at all cool i think it's more of this they they think they said it was like kind of pedestrian but uh, i don't know that was one bad review so all right well that guy's pretentious (laughs) we're at a uh home stretch here lambo's freaking out to sean uh sean this is again i i like every scene they're together this is maybe my favorite one they're screaming at each other and it kind of sean's defending uh will you know, they're screaming at each other. This isn't about you. Lambo's like, you're holding him back. He's going to be a failure just like you. And, you know, the, I don't know. It's pretty brutal. Uh, a lot of things are said that you kind of, but then uh, Will walks in and then we get to, well, actually, Sean wants everyone to know that he chose the life he had. Like he didn't f- really fail or things didn't didn't get any bad breaks he chose that i don't know why never really says maybe it's because he met a girl settled down didn't need all that extra stuff but you know lambo said you were smarter than me then you're smarter than me now so is sean supposed to be a math guy and then just ended up doing psychology after he got married they never really talk that's a good question but i think he did psychology do they have that mit yeah i've never that's a good that's a good question you know i I'd be interested to find that out. Um, so then we get to, uh, I, I guess I would say, probably easily the most iconic scene of the movie. Um, Stevie, you want to go ahead and describe this scene? Is this when they're comparing how they were beaten? Well, this is the it, it's <laughs> a, the whole it's not your fault scene, but yes. I got beat worse than you. No, I got beat worse than you. Yeah, I didn't so, really take it. I didn't really take it that way, but no, neither did I. I was just making light of it. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, it's kind of Sean and um, Goodwill Hunting are wrapping up their session. It seems like it's going to be their final session. You know, Matt, they're kind of laying out their lives ahead of them, and Robin Williams kind of just wants to tell him, like, I know you've had a screwed up life, but listen, like, what happened to you had nothing to do because of you. Like, it wasn't because of you. And uh, that's when Matt Damon starts to cry. And Robin Williams goes on goes on repeat saying, it's not your fault. It's a really tender moment. Awesome part of the movie. Hey, Will. I don't know a lot. You see this? All this shit. It's not your fault. 
Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. All right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. Brett, is this not ordinary people? Isn't there a scene exactly like this in that movie? Or am I wrong? Brett? Brett? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Brett peeing. <laughs> I hope Brett's okay. Hey, guys. I'm okay. You All got right. me. I was hoping, Stevie, you yeah. were going to talk a lot longer than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got Brett. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's very similar to that. <laughs> the Emil Hirsch and uh, Timothy Dutton, S. Hutton. Timothy S. Hutton. Yeah, it's similar to that. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but, you know, that's similar when they have their breakthrough. Is that an older movie? It beat Raging Bull, I think. I don't know. I'm still turned off by Brett peeing. You don't know I was peeing. I just said I thought you were going to talk longer. <laughs> Maybe I went to get a snack. <laughs> Edit point. Um, are we good, Steve? Are we good, Pappy? Or you? You're the host, Brett. Well, I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, mad, you're mad at me, so I wanted to. He was just shook. I was shook. Yeah, I didn't get the shake because I was getting yelled at. <laughs> okay, Judd Hirsch was in Ordinary People. You yeah, said I said Emil. Emil yeah, I was Emil like, Emil is that old? No, no, Emil Hirsch probably was not like, born. That dude back has looked like he was eighteen for the past twenty-five years. For sure. Yeah, uh, Judd Hirsch. Okay. Awesome. But Sorry, yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, that's probably like one of like the more like cry parts of the movies. I guess if you're gonna cry in this movie, that would be uh, is when. Robin Williams and Matt Damon finally have that, I guess, I love you, I love you too, man, moment. Yeah, I really like that scene. It kind of gives me goosebumps every time. Um, Pap, what did you think of that scene when you watched it for the first time? I, I'm sure you'd heard about it at least a little bit before. Yeah, I mean, I had definitely seen that scene before. Uh, I, I love how Damon plays it, and I love uh, Robin Williams too. I mean, it's a little... It just kind of wraps things up pretty quick, but I mean, yeah, I'll be damned if it's not super emotional. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it almost made me cry. Like I didn't quite like, Mikey. You said you always cry when you watch this movie. Is this the part? I was, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also the the breakup scene is also really it's hard. It's brutal. To watch. It is brutal. Uh, it really is. But yeah, I mean, it's sad. He's a uh, kind of a broken guy, and then uh, I mean, I think. Like Pap said, it does get wrapped up really quick, but it is like so efficient at the way it wraps it up. It kind of a whirlwind of emotions right there. And like, it's not your fault. It's simple, but it's like 
it can literally be said for millions of people uh, in this world, you know, it's not your fault, your situation, it's not your fault that you're doing this, 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 and it's just perfect for Will because he didn't really stand a chance. I mean, if he's grown into an affluent family, you know, he's already graduating Harvard in two years, he's off to, you know, Oxford or whatever, but instead he's a poor, abused, broken kid from South Southie. So it's just like the four words that, and yeah, Matt Damon, I thought plays it really well. You know, he's kind of like, okay, yeah. And then, then he's kind of like getting embarrassed and then he gets mad. Like he goes through almost like five stages of grief, maybe a little, um, out of order, but I, yeah, I think it's a really powerful scene. So, uh, so, uh, we'll just kind of, everything's kind of gotten to him. I think Chuck, Chucky and Sean, finally those little breakthroughs with them. Uh, he goes to an interview, he accepts a job. He goes and has a pretty tender thank you and goodbye with Sean. Um, and it looks like, like I said earlier, uh, Sean's finally taking, you know, he's, He's been in a rut for, I guess what, it's his, his wife's been dead two years. She was really sick for two years and she was sick before that for six years. So, so he's kind of in a 10 year rut and, uh, Will kind of gets him out of that funk. I mean, he was mean about it. Um, you know, he's trying to sting Sean, but it ended up working. Sean's going to travel. Um, he gives him a number. He's like, please call me. I'll be here, whatever you need. And it kind of just ends with that. Uh, then you get a classic 21st birthday. Uh, it's got one of my, I think the funniest lines that Will says, they give him a car and, uh, didn't want to say how he reacts when he sees the car, what, what, he, what he says. He's like, this is this the ugliest worst car. car I've ever seen. Yeah. Ugliest, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I think, uh, Brittany brought up something, um, at the very end. And I think they have a really quick little line that kind of makes it not a plot hole. Brittany's like, there's no way that car is going to make it to California. And I said that, that line by Cole Hauser, you know, it's a good engine. I feel like, you know, they got nice parts in there. So, <laughs> but maybe it's somebody, just- I think Will, Will says like real quick, I don't even know if you can hear all that well, but he's like, what's in here? A lawnmower yeah, engine yeah. or whatever. But he's like, it's a good engine. It's a good engine. Yeah, it's a good engine. But, uh, yeah, so Sean, Bo, Sean, Sean, Bo, Sean and Lambo apologize to each other. That's another kind of tender scene because they've been building to, a, you know, a, just about a fist fight all the way up. And then, you know, it looks like they're going to be okay. Um, and then the very last scene in the movie, uh, well, there's two concurrent scenes in the movie going on at one time. Uh, Will goes and leaves a note for Sean. And as that's happening... Chucky and the boys are going to pick up Will. And then the kind of what uh, Pappy was talking about earlier, you have that payoff scene where he goes up there and, you know, you almost, it almost makes it look like Chucky was not being serious because he looks shocked. He looks sad, but then he's just like, oh crap, it finally happened. And he smiles. So, because he realized that Will just kind of up and left and it looks like his stuff was gone or whatever. And then um, Sean reads the note. Uh, basically says, I'm going to California. He says, I'm going to see about a girl. And I think I read this was ad-libbed as well. And I think yeah. it was actually Matt, Matt Damon's favorite line in the whole movie was, uh, you know, stole my line, you know. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch.
Sean. If the professor calls about that job, just tell him, sorry. I had to go see about a girl. Will. Son of a bitch. He stole my life. So then you get some sweet Elliot Smith jams as he's getting on the highway, heading to California. And that is Goodwill Hunting. Roll credits. <laughs> uh, just real quick before we get into the trivia and yes or no's. Um, I, when I first watched this, maybe the second, third time, I was never a fan of Mini Driver. But I feel like uh, every time I watch it, I find her more and more charming. To the point where I think she's fun and bubbly and I like her in the story. So I want to know what you guys thought about that. I thought Mini Driver was cool. I thought she did a really good job in this movie. For sure, and I, I agree. I just I think she just annoyed me when I first saw it. You know, I was I was young. You know, I was nineteen ninety seven. I was forty. <laughs> <laughs> young man of forty, spry Brett, yep. baby face. <laughs> uh, I like her. I mean, I don't really see her in a lot of stuff, uh, but I would say this is what I most mostly associate. Oh yeah, with what, her. what else I mean, is she, she in? Really good job. Like, well, she's in, she's on a TV show right now. She's on that speeches show with that kid with. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't yeah, watch that. No, but she, you know, she actually got nominated for an Oscar for this. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, she had a brief couple movies and then kind of didn't do much after that. At least not that I know of. But I just I just met Nifty like during the movie. Uh, I thought she's pretty charming and fun. So, all right, cool. Does anybody have any final thoughts before we get to yes or no's? I feel like I'm doing most of the talking, so I apologize. Soundtrack, good. Score, bad. Terrible. That's uh, that's straight from uh, the rewatchable uh, Bill Simmons podcast, but yeah. I don't know if I really noticed it. Isn't it, Dan, isn't it Elfman? Isn't he like a, yeah. isn't he like a good composer? Yeah, I had always liked Danny Elfman, and Stevie would always complain about Danny Elfman, but this is the first time I'm like, yeah, this shit sucks. Like, I, I can't remember it. it. Well, that's you can problem. always tell a Danny Elfman movie. Is it like a bunch of pan flute? Basically. It sounds like you're at the circus when it should be a serious movie. <laughs> so he should That's be so doing always... stuff with Tim Burton. Yes. He has done I mean, stuff He's done a million right, movies with Tim Burton. They, like, they're perfect yeah. for each other. And is uh, Robin Williams Community College, is that like right off of a freeway or a bridge? Where is that at? I mean... That was a weird building. Every, every Ivy Tech I've pretty much ever seen has been off a freeway, so it's not that surprising. <laughs> this is a Bunker Hill Community College, though, Brett. They're nice. I'll take your word for it. So any other final thoughts before we get to uh, yes or no's? Nope. I don't have anything. All right, cool. So let's start with, um, let's go with Stevie. I will give this movie a very solid yes. I always enjoy watching this movie. Oh, you made me nervous, man. <laughs> what? You oh, like, hell oh, no. Man, I don't know. No, it's just, it's a very good movie. Um, what won Best Picture that year, Brett? Titanic. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. Woof. Ugh, that's going to be a future spoilers pick for sure. But, <laughs> you um, like Titanic, Stevie? I like to shit on it in front of my wife. <laughs> that's what I like, Brett. So you like to watch it, but you don't like it. Okay. <laughs> Correct. Celine Dion, the best. But, um, yeah, awesome. It was a great acted movie um this is probably robin williams best acted film um 
I think it's really cool that Matt Damon and uh, I guess you can put in quotes Ben Affleck wrote this and uh, actually got to star in it as well. So very solid yes. The only thing I don't, I guess I didn't like was um, the scene. It's just, it's, there's two throwaway scenes. The one where he's supposed to be in the business meeting and the one where Casey Affleck like, walks downstairs after he gets done jerking off. There's yeah, no point weird. to that. You're right. <laughs> there's like no point. Too. To that, film, I do too, to but that I think it's I think both just comic relief. But yeah, they're just there's no point to them. It could have been cut, and the movie wouldn't change whatsoever. It's the only so, VCR very in the house. Yes. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Pap. Yeah, this is a yes uh, for me too. First time seeing it. It's really cheesy, um, but it's a good kind of cheese. So uh, people love Robin Williams. Like right next to my apartment, there's like a big mural of him. I posted on our Instagram before, but like. It's like always the thing I see people taking pictures with the most, and like this is probably like his maybe I don't know if it's most iconic role, but like Stevie said, definitely his best acted. It's cool that he actually won the Oscar for probably his best mm-hmm. acting performance. Um, I think it definitely deserved best original screenplay too. It, it definitely feels very authentic. So solid yes for me. Um, embrace the cheese. Yeah, for sure. It's a masterclass in cheese. Uh, okay, so Mikey. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say the same. Uh, super hard yes. I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, there's like a lot of really emotional scenes in this movie, and I think uh, they they're all pretty well done. I mean, some of the things Robin Williams is talking about, it's like oof, that makes a lot of sense. I should probably incorporate that into my everyday life. <laughs> um, and he he's just really great in this movie. I think, uh, like we've said, this is definitely his best movie. I don't know, Aladdin might be number two, uh, yeah. but it's definitely his best movie. Even Stellan Skarsgård is great in this movie, and Ben Affleck, this is his peak <laughs> career-wise, I feel that. like, and Matt Damon is awesome, and I like the whole story around that they wrote this, and then they acted in it. It's just like a real nose-to-the-grindstone kind of story on getting a movie made, and I mean, now look at their careers, they've they're megastars yep. it's insane keep you eating the grindstone cool <laughs> so uh i'll finish with mine uh, i said it earlier this is one of my favorite movies um i pretty feel like i've been gushing way too much over it the last hour but i really love it i like it more and more uh just the scene with sean and pretty much every scene with sean and matt damon uh sean and uh will are just great in my opinion and they have a good chemistry um this is a definite yes. This is one of the probably my second favorite movie we've spoiled behind Ghostbusters. So uh, definite, definite. Oh, two of your own movies. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't going to pick Ghostbusters. I was told to pick it. So, but I'm glad. But uh, yeah, so that's four yeses. And to be fair, Brett, I wasn't mad at you for peeing. I was mad at you for making it awkward. To be fair. I know. Well, what was I going to do? We can't pinch it. It stings. <laughs> well. <laughs> dumb, dumb and dumber. I, don't, I think I butchered that quote, but you can't start when you stop. It stings. Stop when you start. Whatever. So uh, anybody have, I don't know, a food? Boston cream donuts? I love those. Fresh Boston cream mm-hmm. donuts. With some Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Oh, yeah. Dunkin'. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, this movie's preserved. I wish we could have had 
the uh, the other brothers here. Jordan would have given it a no. Oh wait, wait, wait! Josh had me. Josh wanted me to read his review. Cool. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. As the opening credits rolled, I couldn't help but see the Weinstein's names like an angry scar oh, across a beautiful face <laughs> during the movie. Jerry, the brilliant prof, not only in, invites a co-ed over for drinks later at his place, but also calls mathematical theorems erotic, then stares creepily, expectantly a new, at a new young woman. Clearly an abuse of power in both cases. Robin Williams and Matt Dillon joke about grabbing ass in a client <laughs> professional relationship. <laughs> also, many driver and Matt Damon call her phone in the rain, says nothing, and then she thinks, who just posted in the thread, just moved it. Thanks, Brett. Uh, then she thinks it's some professor calling her again to harass her. This is not normal, in all caps, with two explanation points. I would typically forgive such things in a movie as well written as Goodwill Hunting, but I want to stress again that this kind of shit shouldn't be normalized in an otherwise normal <laughs> movie. Also, the scene with Ben Affleck swindling the think tank employees is the worst part of the film. I agree with that. Casey Affleck is subtly amazing and for me makes the whole film group dynamic believable. Huge nostalgic yes for me. Robin Williams was at his absolute peak in this and that's saying something. Love, sick Josh. Brett Papp, could you read that for me? So, sounds like a yes, but with some caveats. Yeah, well, we got some Josh, typical Josh caveats, but uh, cool. I'm glad he did that. I didn't see that, so I... My apologies. I didn't realize you were reading from that. I thought it was something he sent you earlier, but unanimous Robin Williams best movie. Yeah, you well, you forgot about one hour agreed. photo and Death to Smoochie, but other than that, yeah, probably Death is to Smoochie. I love that movie. <laughs> I figured you'd love that movie. I like RV. RV. <laughs> RV. All right. Well, so uh, I don't know if we want to. I'd like for you guys to have like a minute or two to review what I just sent you. Just for the audience at home, I've been freaking out about this trivia all day. I really wanted to try something new. I think it's either going to be what an absolute fuck? disaster or super fun. So I don't know what it's going to It could be both. It could be both. I don't know. Uh, I expected there to be a lot of people. So these, what I sent to the guys, are 20 homophone. It says homonym. Uh, homonym. Uh 20 homophone movies and they are one word is changed which changes the whole uh, synopsis of the movie does that make sense to everybody I have an example that I made myself which was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be and it's really bad but does does everyone get what I'm talking about so we have to give the movie based on the synopsis yes and I'm going to uh, obviously, don't say any of the ones, but it's going to be two points for naming the movie, one point for this is kind of up in the air, but spelling the different homophone, explaining it, or explaining why it's a homophone. Ah, oh, bro, it's dude, it's going to be quick. It, it, it won't take long. And then uh, I do have clues that I made myself. You can ask for a clue, but you lose a point. Do we guys stop? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like exhaling as I read. Okay, what's your example? Can you give us that just so I can hear? Well, I mean, I could use one of the ones because uh, I was expecting a lot more people, but this is so bad. But Go for it. Okay. This is a, a, a current movie out right now. Written by Arthur Conan Doyle. This is the story of the different houses that a British doctor has helped solve mysteries in. 
You don't the have to get. The house with a clock in its walls? No. Sherlock Holmes? Arthur Conan? Okay, so the answer is Holmes and Watson. Holmes spelled H-O-M-E-S. So that's why he's talking about different houses. Again, I made this up myself. It's really hard. But these other ones are a lot better. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So if you would have said, <laughs> if you would have said Holmes and Watson, you would have gotten two points. And if you could, like, point out why it's uh, a homophone, it's one extra point. Uh, okay. Sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I do have a clue. Some of them are better than the others. But um, I wanted the person who's uh so you said the order i had was pappy stevie mikey is that in the order he's hosted most recently hosted yeah okay so it'd be I, I want mikey to have the most advantage so i wanted mikey to pick one that he thinks he can guess and do it that way oh we're not going oh, in I order get to choose i'd ra- i mean I, I can but i was just gonna have you pick one that you think you know I have. Oh, I'll just go in order. I'm not going to keep track of which ones we've done or not done. All right. I'm going to pick if I can pick. I, that's fine with me. <laughs> I'm not going to read all of these. I was going to read them, but that's fine. I was actually going to have the person with the least advantage, like Pappy, go first. So you had time to look. So, oh, okay. so, so he doesn't have an advantage. So let's do it that way. It's going to go Pappy, Mikey, Stevie. And uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't have to do all twenty. Do you want to? Let's do all twenty. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Okay. So, uh, Pappy, you pick a number, and I will read it f- for the audience at home. Number fifteen. This might end up being really easy. I don't know. Okay. So, in a desperate attempt to prevent aliens from forever warping their doors and windows, the Looney Tunes seek the aid of a retired <laughs> basketball player. And handyman. So would that be uh, name the movie Space Jam? That is correct. By the way, the yeah, go ahead. I'll explain that later. So that's two points. And then is it like jammed windows? I don't. Is that the explanation? You literally picked one of the hardest homophones on there. Like, okay, what is doors it? and window jams? That's my guess, yeah. Hey, are, are you guys on a team? That was my guess. No, I already said that. No, that's what Pap yeah. said. That is correct. Yeah, it's uh, okay. J-A-M-B. So that is three points for Pappy right Thank off you. the bat. Thank you. Interesting. All right, so is everyone everyone got it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Mikey, you're up. I'll do 16. Okay. This one is Luke Skywalker joins forces with a Jedi Knight a cocky pilot, two droids, and a wildebeest to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station. Uh, <laughs> why am I blanking on Star Wars movies? <laughs> um, what would be the homophone? Or, uh. Han Solo? A Star Wars story? Han Solo? That is incorrect. Uh, I, I don't damn I it. don't think we were going to do steals, right? No. Nah. Okay. So that's... Mikey got a zero right now after round one. It was Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. New is G-N-U, which is apparently a wildebeest. 
That's tough. That is very tough. But Good he could have gotten. No, was... But like you could have gotten the story because it's you're trying to destroy the Death Star, which it pretty much says. So it's tough. That, that's all. That's the every. That's every one of them. <laughs> that's true. All right, cool. So uh, Stevie, you're up. Uh, hit me with. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. Hit me with number ten. Number ten. Thomas is deposited in a community of farm workers after his memory is erased. Soon learning they're all trapped in a corn maze and have to join forces in order to escape. So, that's the maze runner. That's correct. I'm guessing the home phone there is like maze, like corn and maze. That is correct. Nicely Mm -hmm. done. Alright. Never even seen it. It's really good. Pappy? Number four. Okay. This might end up being super easy. I apologize for everybody at home. I mean, all these, not this one. After his parents get lost in a dimly lit alleyway, billionaire Bruce Wayne becomes obsessed with cleaning up Gotham City's street lamp infrastructure. The Dark Knight and night as in knight and then nighttime. That's correct. That's three points for Pat. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there's no streetlights, so... I would have said Batman Begins, because that's what happens in that movie, but I get it. But none of those are... Those aren't homophones, though. You gotta be careful with that. Gotcha. Alright, uh... Mikey. Uh... I don't know any of these movies, bro. Um... Mmm... I'll go... Uh... Number eight. Okay. The mother of a severely traumatized daughter enlists the aid of a man with a terrible cold to help the girl's equally injured horse. (laughs) The mother of a severely traumatized daughter. You can take a clue. I don't know if it's going to help or not. Yeah, give me a clue. And the clue only goes to the name of the movie, nothing to do with the homophone, okay? Right. Okay, the clue is Sundance Kid. Oh, uh, Butch Cassidy? No. Sundance Kid? Uh, do you want me to read it? Do you I want me to- I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so... <laughs> anybody have a guess? I just picked a number and I did not know. Anybody have a guess on that before I tell? I, I think I know what it is. Mm-mm. It's the Horse Whisperer. H-O-A-R-S-E. He's horse because he has a terrible cold. Thank you. Never seen that movie. (laughs) Isn't that ScarJo? I have no idea. I've never seen it. Alright. Stevie. Um, I recognize her name. I think I know what it is. Where is it? Uh, it's Hit me at number five. The true story of Diane Fossey, a scientist who came to Africa to study a vanishing group of misfit militants and later fought to protect them. Okay, is that Gorillas in the Mist? That's correct. Okay. Um, well, (sighs) vanishing. I'm guessing, is the homophone like misfit and mist? Like, incorrect. The homophone is gorillas, G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A-S, because they're misfit militants. We're ridiculous. All right. 
You got two points, though. You got two points. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I like nope. it, Brett. Thank you. I just try to add something new. You're doing solid. G-N-U. New. Um, Pappy? Give me number 12. A misogynistic and snobbish phonetics professor agrees to a wager that he can take a flower girl and transform her into a successful taxi driver. That'd be my fair lady and fair as in what you pay when you ride a taxi. Correct. (laughs) Pappy is... Out to Am I having a stroke when I'm reading these clues? <laughs> None of these are making sense. None of these make sense to me at all. Why is this in Wingdings? <laughs> but I feel like I'm reading a Dr. Seuss quiz. <laughs> Alright, Mike. I am so confused. Mikey, you need something big here. Uh give me twenty. Two business rivals who despise each other in real life unwittingly fall in love over the internet. Sadly, he thought he was texting Ryan Meg. Uh, okay, I got this one. You've got male, male, uh, male, female, and male. Correct. Uh, email. Nicely done. Uh, Stevie. I don't think it matters what I do here. Okay. Um, what do you mean? You're only. The- you got a chance. Hit me with number one. Damn. When a young Inuit hunter needlessly loses his clothes, he is magically changed into a bear as punishment, with a talkative cub being his only guide to finding his attire. Okay. Brother Bear. Yep. And is that as far as goes like bear and like bear ass? Yes. Alright. Bear is there a we go. I think Correct. I understand what's going on here. You need you need Pappy to screw up. You're a point down. After after three rounds, Pappy with nine, Stevie with eight, Mikey with two. All right, so Pappy, wait, Pappy up or yeah, give me number three. Following the death of a disabled publishing tycoon, news reporters scramble to discover the meaning of his final utterance: bamboo, wicker, or rattan. I don't know what that is. Probably oh, Citizen easy. Kane. And then Kane is in Sugar Cane. Okay. No. Uh, uh, how strict Would it be like the type of Kane? That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, like he, he's got Kane as in Kane, it's spelled okay. right, but he didn't use the right. <laughs> it's the wrong Kane. Well, Kane is in like a walking Kane then. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I'll give it to you. I didn't know how strict I was going to be. Thank you. That's yeah. correct. Citizen Kane. Mikey? Um... Uh, I don't want to choose one that we've. Uh, I'll go 11. Have we done nope. that? A male butcher meets his girlfriend's parents before proposing, but her suspicious vegan father is every date's worst nightmare. Uh... This is a plot of a movie? Well, it's... Most of it's a plot of a movie, a famous yeah. movie, but with the change of the word, there's a, the there's a change in the storyline, the synopsis. Yeah. I think the problem is I just never have seen any of these <laughs> movies, and it's throwing me for a loop. Uh, my husband <laughs> is an axe murderer? <laughs> I don't know. I have no there's idea. There's a clue. Yeah, give me the clue. Okay, it's probably not going to help you if you're that far off, but... Light uh, lie detector. 
a male butcher meets his girlfriend's parents before proposing, but her suspicious vegan father is every date's worst nightmare, and the clue is lie detector. Oh, um... Oh, uh... I know the series of movies. I don't know which one. Is it uh, Meet the Parents? That's correct. Meet being... Meet someone new and meat being food. That's correct. So you got, gotcha. you got two points right. on that one. Stevie. <sighs> do we do 17 yet? We have not done 17. Let's do 17. Damn you. <laughs> hey, it's so funny. Like Some people just see it and some people don't. Like I feel like Pappy He's and Stevie are just they're so far ahead. Yeah. Like They know what... I probably shouldn't have passed it out, but it's all right. Yeah, you shouldn't have. (laughs) A young boy accidentally joins a band of time-traveling dwarves (laughs) as they jump from era to era looking for herbs and spices for culinary, medicinal, and ornamental use. So, um, time bandits and time and time, like the T-H-Y-M-E one? That's correct. The the clue for this one was Pappy. (laughs) Pappy's greatest mistake. (laughs) All right, Pappy. What's left? Uh, 1918, 1413, 2679. Two more rounds, I believe. Give me two. Utah, give me two. A prep school student needing money agrees to babysit a blind man, but the job is not at all that he anticipated and honestly doesn't pay very much. I need a clue. The clue is li- lifetime achievement Oscar question mark. That helps me <laughs> nothing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You want me to read it again or uh, a prep school st- a lifetime achievement Oscar? Who got a lifetime? Uh, this is big. If he can't deliver, a prep school student needs needing money agrees to babysit a blind man. What? The job is not at all. I only get the one clue. Lifetime yep. Achievement Oscar. Oh, I know this one now. I, I guess I can make up another clue, but you're going to lose another point. Yeah, you better do that. All right, the second clue is... Hua. <laughs> do you know it now? Yeah. Uh, that, that's a fantastic clue. The Devil's Advocate? I don't know. Right actor, wrong movie. Uh, Stevie, you got son of a woman, scent of a woman, scent of a woman, and scent as in like a penny because it doesn't pay very much. Damn. Oh, that's a tough round for Paps. Oi. The the door has creaking open. So, Mikey, I guess you got shot too, man. I don't think I do. <laughs> well, you knew that. You knew that we'll one, though, didn't you? Yeah, I got that one. Uh, I'll do... We didn't say 14, right? I'll do 14. Okay. This is one of my favorite ones, I think. A reluctant hero and his companion seek authentic signed and numbered copies by famed artist, the Sheriff of Nottingham. This is one of the tougher ones, too, I think. God damn it. Uh, Give me that clue. The clue is sometimes he had an accent Kind of. Hmm. Robin Hood? I'm going to need you, I, 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 I'm gonna need you to be more specific. I have no idea. 
Uh, Robin Hood, Men, Men in Tights? Nope. I, you I got know. it, Stevie. Prince of Thieves. And you get the, the homophone on that one? Um, it's a tough It's a tough homophone. Probably the one of the tougher ones. Is it ones. Prince and Prince? Yeah. I don't know. Well, the, by definition, it's Prince like and Prince. Prince like it's P-R-I-N-T? P-R-I-N-T-S. Like, yep, yeah. Same, yep. Authentic signed and numbered copies. Oh, okay, so that's a, that's a negative one for Mikey there. <laughs> negative? Well, you asked for a clue and you didn't get it right. Uh, What's the score now? Uh, Mikey, negative three. <laughs> After, let's see. You know what? I, need, I, still, have, I still have yeah, to go. You go first and then I'll do a last. Last round score. Have you done seven yet? God damn it, Stevie. Seven has not been done. That's a. Okay. In the dead of a Wyoming winter, a bounty hunter and his prisoner find shelter in a cabin inhabited by a collection of very angry and very hungry characters. Okay. Is it the Hateful Eight? Yes. And is it bounty and like bounty? No. What? Eight and eight? Oh, I see. My bad. Ooh, that's big. That could be huge, Pap. So you got two points. You just didn't get the, you didn't get the bonus. Yeah, I, I'm, I always screw that up. Okay, after five rounds, Pappy has ten points. Stevie has. Oh, geez, that got, that got weird. Pat, uh, Stevie has thirteen. Let go. And Mikey. <laughs> Why do I even play? Why am I even on this freaking podcast? I'm just trying to figure out how Stevie pulled away so f- Oh, he didn't get. Not only did he get the two guesses, he didn't get it right. Yeah, no, okay. I didn't know there was minuses. All of a sudden, there's this new twist. I say, play, hey, when you edit it, play it back. I said that. I said it. And I even said the second one was going to be another minus. All right, last round. Uh, okay. Uh, Pappy, you're up. Need a three for here. What's left? Eight. Six, nine, and... Th- oh, well, there's a lot left. Well, hey, hey, we can do eight. You know what? We got a whole other round after this if you want, but it's up to you. Uh, give me six. That finishes game. Six. Under dystopian right-wing staunch religious tyranny... <laughs> a young woman is put into sexual slavery on account of her freakishly giant appendage. I think this is a Japanese movie? Question mark. Okay, give me a clue. I was going to say, do you know that? No. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's a very popular streaming show as well. Oh. Uh, I don't know the name of the show. I does. Uh, it's the one with the person from Mad Men on it. Um, I, have I, don't no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Can I say it? Yeah. Is it The Handmaid's Tale and Tale and Tale? Stevie, this is your game, bro. It's over. Stevie wins. Mikey, you want to just finish it out? I'm not going to embarrass myself anymore <laughs> with this. What's left? There's no point. I clearly lost. We try lost. to do them together. <laughs> yeah, it's Can fine. I do one? Go ahead. I just got to make sure we finish off the round. I mean, technically, we got two more but to go. I, I, I know, but I can win. You're you already won. Uh, Pap can still storm. No, 
Pappy's got nine points now. You have 13. You have like, yeah. Okay, well, I think I know number nine. All right, so if, if we're conceding to Stevie, we'll just do number... That's fine. Native American warrior Tonto recounts the untold tales that transformed John Reed, a modest mortgage broker, into a legend of justice. That's Lone Ranger, Lone and Lone. Oh, damn. He, he's too good at this game. He is a Hama phone master. What's left? Which ones didn't we do? Uh, 13, 18, and 19. A young w- widow discovers that her late husband has left her several messages intended to guide her in the trials and tribulations of raising a decent flock of sheep. I think I know it. What is it? Is that P.S. I love you? It is. What's the homophone? Um, it's a tough one. I, I I don't know. You? 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 Yeah, well, obviously, again, by definition, it's you. It's a homophone. But, yeah, EWE, which I guess is a sheep. Oh, nice. yeah. It's a sheep, yeah. This had, Very like, nice. The, this had, like, my most desperate clue that I thought only Josh or Pep. It was also the name of a Beatles song from the B-side of Love Me Do. Yeah, so Clue would have been probably pretty tough on that one. Uh, 18, you want to read, Pep? The chronicle of an aspiring Szechuan chef from the early days on an Arkansas cotton farm to raise his fame with the Peking Sun... To his rise to fame. Rise to fame with the Peking Sun restaurant in Memphis. I have no idea. I have no clue. Oh, this is one of the funnier ones. What's a clue? He fell in. Oh, is that Walk the Line? Walk the Line. Walk, walk. <laughs> W-O-K. Szechuan Chef. Yeah. Oh, Brett. I love it. That's a really good one, Brett. I and only it, play this game every time you host. Dude, I tried to make, <laughs> I tried to make some myself. They're so hard to like write stuff. And I'm like kind of a writer. This is actually probably my favorite one, but would probably have been a hard one. The story of the original Mercury 7 authors and their macho, seat-of-the-pants approach to the creative process. Mercury and the clue, seven. the clue Mercury was seven. you got it. I have no, no clue. No. Astronaut movie from the eighties, four hours long. The right stuff. Wow. What? What's the homophone? I've never seen that. Right. R uh, W R I T E T E. They're not the Mer- they're the Mercury Seven astronauts, not the authors. God. All right. Well. <laughs> Thank you for this is our longest podcast ever. That was awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I, I, I'm glad it like ended up being pretty close at the end. But once I understood it, now yeah, you it. were yeah, you were pretty good at that because Pappy stormed off. Yeah, he was on fire, and then when he couldn't get the scent of a I woman, the time bandits won. I think I was just so flustered <laughs> after that, and Stevie kept picking all mine right before him. Before me. So yeah, uh, our winner of this week's weird, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the trivia. Is Stevie? He's he's on fire, folks. He's he's just killing it. I know his his streak is over, but he's still starting got, a new one. Yeah, it's like four or five or something. So uh, let's, uh, let's kick it to spoilers, man. And uh, we'll come back and Stevie will have a movie for us. Like spoilers podcast on Facebook. You can now check us out on Spotify. YouTube, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. 
Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. All right, and we're back. Uh, Let's kick it to Stevie and see what movie we're going to spoil next. One genre of film that really never seems to get it right anymore is video game movies. (laughs) For a reason. But there was one when I was younger... (laughs) Oh, no. And it intro- introduced us all to techno in the, <laughs> the style of music oh, that we love. No. <laughs> We're going to do the original classic Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I love Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> so, oh, man. That's going to be a fun one. Scorpion. All right. Uh, Pappy, do you Chris have any? Chris Lambert, to Movie Club. He yeah. speaks English better in this movie. He does speak English better. It's Lambert. Don't forget, forget he does his his classic (laughs) in this movie. So, exciting times. Happy, do you have anything you need to spoil or call out or play or? No. Just that. Yeah, yeah, you guys are still listening. You guys love us. You really love us. So, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. I hope you had fun. Uh, See you next week. I was spoiling. Hey guys, I'm okay.